You are listening to sermons from the pulpit of the Bible Baptist Church in Marysville, California. We hope you will be blessed as you listen to another practical message. Uh, but the, uh, the, the whole issue, that transportation bill, AB 455, that they pushed through on last Tuesday, it got shot down yesterday. And so got kicked completely out. I got an email from Kevin Kiley and was uh, just sharing that. And so uh, that, was, that was encouraging to hear uh, things that we're seeing the world trying to just push through. And there's still victories. And sometimes we feel like we're just on the losing side. We're not. We're not on the losing side. We are on the winning side. Uh, but this is a battle. And everything that's going on around us, this is spiritual warfare. This is not just a political event. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world. And so just realizing that uh, we're, we are in a battle, and we need to be ready. I was just telling everybody, AB 455 got kicked out. Uh, so praise the Lord for that, uh, that transportation bill uh, that they had gutted and turned it into a vaccination bill. And then just be in prayer. There are a lot of people that are coming up on some very real decisions with all of the vaccination mandates, all of those that are in the armed services. Uh, they are all facing uh, making decisions on whether or not they're going to take the vaccination. And I'm not an anti-vaxxer, but I, I am against somebody mandating that you take a vaccination. And so here there, there are people that have, have got some very important decisions to make. And so be in prayer about that. You say, well, pastor, uh, that's, that's their decision. Yes, ask the Lord to give them wisdom. I'm asking the Lord to give me wisdom to try to help them make good decisions. Uh, these, are, these are unprecedented days. And here we've got people that we know that are in the military, uh, the health care uh, all those in the healthcare industry are facing that. Uh, we've got uh, three families that deal with uh, with uh, handicapped adults. Well, that is uh, falls under the healthcare uh, scenario. So they are in turn also having to face some of these uh, decisions. Uh, the nurses, we have people in the church that are in the medical field. They are all having to face uh, some decisions uh, and. Some of the, this is a career-changing decision. And so just be in prayer that the Lord will give them wisdom. Uh, and, you know, I would love to see that, that our country would just get to a place where they would let Americans be Americans and make decisions and choices about their own body, uh, about their, their, their life. And so uh, it's amazing the, the same people, and I am not for abortion that's a that's a sin that is murder it is against a life uh, but the ones that are screaming my body my life are the same ones that are screaming that you have to get the vaccination and so uh, just being just being mindful about that uh, we we have to we have to think through the decisions that we are facing uh, as well as those that we love caring about one another to help them bear ye one another's burdens. And this is a burden, uh, a very real burden that some of our church family uh, are dealing with, as well as just uh, people that we know in the nation. 
And so just be in prayer about that. Hebrew, uh, Nehemiah chapter 4, if you're physically able, if you could stand with me. Nehemiah chapter 4 and verse number 1. Nehemiah chapter 4 and verse number 1. Uh, we will read just verse 1 and 2. And if you could read along with me, Nehemiah chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. Ready? Begin. But it came to pass that when Sanballat heard that we builded the wall, he was wroth and took great indignation and mocked the Jews. And he spake before his brethren and the army of Samaria and said, What do these feeble Jews? Will they fortify themselves? Will they sacrifice? Will they make an end in a day? Will they revive the stones out of the heaps of the rubbish which are burned? And let's pray together. Now, Father, you know the needs of each person that's here, those that are online, uh, those that will watch this service another time. I pray that the Spirit of God would take the truths of your word. Lord, these are your words. I pray that uh, you would uh, minister to our hearts, lead us, guide us, uh, so we can live the life that you have given us to live. And so just help us as we open the word, uh, encourage us. And then, Lord, I pray that you just bless each person that has taken and set this time aside in their lives. And so bless them for that, please. For Christ's sake, we pray. Amen. You can be seated. Here as we look at this uh, passage of Scripture. Excuse me, I had to get a mint out of my mouth there. Uh, uh, here, uh, as we read this passage of Scripture, we find uh, an event uh, uh, that was going on. Nehemiah, uh, the, the whole event of the book of Nehemiah, took place in about uh, B.C. Uh, 445. And so with that, uh, here we have uh, the nation of Israel. Uh, they have come out of a huge uh, a, a huge pressure, a huge destructive event. We call it the Babylonian captivity. It was 70 years of captivity. Their homeland had been destroyed. People had been taken away captive. Now people are coming back, and as they're coming back, uh, all they see is rubbish. All they see is people just trying to exist just trying to survive. Can you imagine trying to live in a war zone? That's what they were living in. They were living in the, in the, uh, the aftermath of a war zone. And then as Nehemiah is, uh, has a heart to move forward, as God has placed it on his heart to go back and rebuild the walls, he is going to face some great opposition. And as he faces this opposition, I think that we can learn some things that will be a help to us. This last week, uh, I spent some time, we, we looked at priorities. And tonight, I think I'll be able to give you some secrets on how to keep your priorities a priority. How to keep your priorities a priority. Isn't that a problem? Because we set up our priorities, and then pretty soon we look around and our priorities have changed. And you say, no, my priorities didn't change, but what we emphasized overran our priorities. 
And so our priorities were no longer priorities. Or they just got all jumbled up and mixed up. And, and so here as we look, I want to try to help us to keep our priorities a priority. And that's uh, something that we see Nehemiah able to do. He came back with a mission. And there were all kinds of obstacles that were going to try to keep him from fulfilling the, the call of God on his life, the plan that God had for him. And so, uh, you know, as a, he is coming back, the beauty of Jerusalem was only a memory. The walls and, uh, that were there as the protective measure of that city, they were destroyed. Uh, that central place of worship is no longer there for worship. It, it has been destroyed. So the walls, the worship, the way of life has completely been disrupted. And now they've got to try to figure out how they're going to put things back in order. And praise the Lord for an amazing God who has a sovereign plan. Someone has once said, has it ever occurred to you that nothing has ever occurred to God? And you know what? That's a wonderful thought. It's wonderful to have a God that we can have confidence in. We can have confidence that He knows exactly what He is doing. He is, he's, he's not flying by the seat of His pants. He's not, he's not just trying to slide through. He knows exactly what He is doing, and He has a plan. Praise the Lord for His preparation and His planning. Praise the Lord for his people who are willing to fall in line uh, and be a part of God's plan to fulfill that sovereign plan that he has for us. And, and we get to be a part of that. You know, you and I, uh, we can be a part of God's plan. That's, a, that's an awesome opportunity to think that God has something for me. And God has something for each and every one of us here tonight. And so we find, though, it wasn't easy, but nothing that is great is ever easy. Nothing that is really worth accomplishing is easy. And tonight I want to speak to you on the, the subject, revived from rubbish. Revived from rubbish. So now here, as we look here at this passage of Scripture, verse number 2, And he spake before his brethren and the armies of Samaria, and said, What do these feeble Jews, when uh, will they fortify themselves? Will they sacrifice? Will they make an end in a day? Will they revive the stones out of the heaps of the rubbish which are burned? And here, uh, he, what we have is, is we have the enemies, Sanballat and Tobiah, uh, we have them uh, mocking the things of God. Here they are, they are, uh, they are uh, trying to uh, stop these people, and, th and they're just so negative here. And, you know, if we, if you and I are going to keep our priorities a priority, and we're going to keep things in order in our life, there's several things that we have to do because you know what? The world that we live in is falling apart. It is coming apart. And there, there, there is destruction on every hand. We look around and, and that should give us some confidence that the Lord's coming back. 
Uh, I mean, uh, he said if you, uh, in the last days there'll be wars and rumors of wars. Uh, let's see here. Turn on the news. There's wars. Uh, there are wars. There's rumors of wars. Uh, there is all kinds of things to be uh, concerned about on that hand. Uh, the natural disasters that we read about in the Word of God. Uh, we are seeing that. Our state is on fire. A uh, million acres of, uh, over a million acres of, uh, of timber is on fire in America. God has used fire as judgment over and over and over in the Word of God. Now, do I know that God is judging uh, uh, California uh, with these fires? No, because I'm not God. But I do know that God has used it in the past. And if there's a state that deserves judgment, California deserves judgment. Now, I'm so thankful that God always has a remnant, and uh, I want to be a part of that remnant, but I want that remnant not to say small, I want that remnant to grow, uh, and for us to be able to reach as many people as we can, uh, and that there would be a uh, gleaning before the Lord's return, and that we would see uh, thousands of people saved. Uh, I don't think it's an accident that God has us building a building during this time. I was just talking to somebody earlier today, and, uh, and I was uh, looking at the building over there, and it's like, okay, uh, Lord, we're going to get this building finished. Uh, are you going to fill it? And there are a lot of people that need the Lord. And you know what? You and I, uh, if the Lord is going to return uh, soon, uh, and that is how we are supposed to look at life, but if we are going to have our focus on uh, the Lord and eternity, uh, then uh, that, that tells me He wants us to do something. He wants us to accomplish, he wants us to see uh, people saved. So if we are going to keep our priorities, priorities, number one, we have to disregard the discouragers. Disregard the discouragers. You know, there are discouragers everywhere, aren't they? You know, some, there are people that are just like Eeyore. I mean, everywhere they go, they just spread gloom. They just, they just discourage people. You know what? You and I, uh, number one, we ought not be that person. We, ha- we are to have hope. The Lord never leaves us without hope. Amen. And so here, uh, with that, we need, to be, we need to be people that are spreading hope, the good news. The gospel is good news. And so we need to be uh, communicating that. But if we are going to keep our priorities a priority, then I've got to discourage, the, I've got to disregard the discouragers. Here we have, uh, we have somebody that is going, uh, his name is Nehemiah, and he is going into a country, and, uh, and with that, as he's going back, to do something great for God uh, and to try to make a difference, there were, there were a lot of people that did not want to get on board. And it wasn't just people didn't want to get on board. There were people that were trying to discourage him from getting on board. You know what? We need to be encouragers, not discouragers. And, and if we're going to keep our priorities the priorities, we've got to disregard those that are, that are discouragers, that are trying to cause you to realize, to think that there is no hope. Now, uh, when we look at the uh, Revelation 2 and 3, 
we find the uh, letters to the seven churches of Asia Minor. And when you look at those seven letters, the last letter uh, to the church of Laodicea, uh, with that, uh, there are some people that believe that those are all different uh, church ages, as in dispensations. And so we would call them hyper-dispensationalists. I am not a hyper-dispensationalist. I believe that you can find all of these dispensations in every age. Uh, I believe that there are people that just love the Lord and are serving and trying to move forward. Uh, the church of Ephesus, and then you've got uh, places where uh, here it was, hold fast that which thou hast. And that was the church of Laodicea. It was just hang on, hold tight, don't lose ground. You know what? There may be times and seasons that we find ourselves in that spot. Just hold on, hang tight, don't lose any ground. Uh, but for the most part, uh, the Bible says that, uh, that the church, uh, that we should not, uh, th- that the church uh, would, would not, would prevail, the gates of hell would not prevail against the church. Now, a gate is a defensive measure. So that means that the church is the offense coming against the church and that the gates of hell would not prevent the church from pulling people out and others saved with fear pulling them out of the fire and so uh, but there are people that just think nobody can get saved there are people that think the church is uh, done. There are people that think that uh, there's no use trying to start ministries and moving forward. Uh, it's just this world that we're in. We just need to just hold on. You know what? We've got to discourage the discourage. We got to disregard the discouragers. Uh, and did I spell that wrong? I sure did. I was typing fast. It's spelled right in my notes. Okay. I, I saw people looking up and looking up funny, and so I was looking back at what you guys were looking at. Uh, I do know how to spell discourage, all right? Uh, here you have, uh, now I'm the principal of, a, principal of a school, and I've got something up there typed wrong. Uh, so I wish I could say it was Brother David that typed it wrong, uh, but I was, I was getting things in quickly. Uh, but here, I need some. Brother David, could you come look at this real quickly? Uh, I need some validation, no. Uh, But it is spelled right here in my notes. I just typed it wrong on the screen there. I apologize for that. Uh, But we do need to disregard the discouragers. I'm glad you recognize that it was spelled wrong. That makes me feel better. Uh, And so, uh, you know, the attitudes of the enemies, we we have to recognize that we are in a battle. The enemy does not want us to move forward. The enemy wants us to be held back from moving forward. So the attitudes, what were the attitudes of the enemy? The attitude of the enemy was first and foremost anger. Look with me at verse number one. It says, But when it came to pass that when Sanballat heard that we builded the wall, he was wroth and took great indignation. There was anger that was there. They did not want something to move forward. They did not want uh, the, the work of God going forward. There are people that do not want the work of God to move forward. You know what? The people of God, though, should want the work of God to move forward. You and I, we need to be excited about the work of God uh, because there are plenty that are discouragers. How many of us have been discouraged? I've been there. And being discouraged, you know what we need? 
We don't need somebody to come along and, and heap on that discouragement. We need somebody to come along and encourage us. Uh, and so here, uh, this attitude of the enemies, uh, there was anger. They were wroth. They had great indignation. But there wasn't just an attitude. There was an attack. Uh, they mocked the Jews. Verse number, uh, he said at the end of verse number one, he says, and mock the Jews. They, these were attacks. They were they were purposefully trying to stop them from accomplishing God's plan. The devil does not want God's work to move forward. He does not want God's child to serve God. And if I'm going to keep the priorities in my life proper, I can't listen to them. The anger, the attacks. It said that they mocked the Jews. Uh, they enlisted more enemies. They lured the people. Uh, and, and when they were luring the people, they were doing so by calling them names. Uh, uh, they were uh, calling them feeble Jews. It was, they were questioning their motives and their desires, their in desires. Will they fortify themselves? How are they going to protect themselves against an entire army? Are they going to hear these feeble Jews? They're weak. There's no way they can win. Uh, and so here these attacks started coming out uh, against them. Uh, the feeble Jews versus the armies of the enemy. Will they fortify themselves? Will they sacrifice? Uh, are they going, uh, what they were saying there is, uh, is your faith big enough to help you win an army against an army? What good's your faith going to do against all of the enemies? They were trying to disre- was trying to discourage them. So will they fortify themselves? Will they sacrifice? Will they make an end in a day? They're not ever going to finish. The job's too big. It's not going to get done. Discouraging. We've got to disregard the discouragers. I've got to get off that uh, one number so we can get rid of that uh, misspelling. Number two, don't get detoured. If I'm, my priorities are going to be proper and I'm going to keep my priorities a priority, I can't, I've got to disregard the discouragers, but I can't get detoured. Look at verse number three. Now Tobiah the Ammonite was by him, and he said, Even that which they build, if a fox go up, he shall even break down their stone wall. Hear, O our God, for we are despised, and turn their reproach upon their own head, and give them for a prey in the land of captivity. You know, we can't get sucked into the, into the enemy's battle. You know, they, they throw a lure out to get us sidetracked. You know, the, the, battle, the battle isn't the politicians. The battle isn't that person that's discouraging you. They're just a tool. They're the tool that the devil is using to try to get you focused on something else. You know, when you go fishing, you throw that lure out there, they've, they're shiny, they look like food, it, it's either going to agitate that fish to where the fish is going to attack it, or it's going to look like something worth eating, something to have. 
And that lure's out there, but the lure never works out good for the fish. That bait, it doesn't ever work out good for those that follow it. You know, and the same thing with us. This, the world that we live in, they're throwing out all kinds of distraction, distracting things to get us detoured, trying to get us off on another track, trying to get us focused on something else. And we've got to be careful on that. You watch the people uh, and all the battles through the book of Nehemiah, uh, the things, there are nine different things just between chapter uh, four and chapter six, nine different uh, tactics that were used to try to get uh, the people of God off off course. And, and with that, we don't want to get sucked into the enemy's trap. Uh, don't bite the hook. Don't allow them. We've got to keep our eye on the prize. We've got to keep our eye on the priority. If Nehemiah would have come down off the wall, uh, he said, I am doing a, a great work. I cannot come down. Uh, all of the enticements that were coming his direction, uh, he disregarded that. Uh, he would not allow himself to be detoured from what God had called him to do. You know, you and I, uh, God has given us some things to live for. And we've got to make sure that we are living for them. Uh, Nehemiah, uh, he did not want to allow the, uh, the things of the, that were uh, thrown at him to cause him to get off track. Num- number three, don't devalue, devalue your purpose. Don't devalue your purpose. Your purpose matters. The purpose that God has for you matters. And if we're not careful, we can devalue that. And if we devalue the purpose that God has for me, then all of a sudden these other things become valuable. And unfortunately, things that should not be a priority become valuable to us. God has given purposes that have nothing to do with the circumstances. The priorities that we looked at last night, or last Wednesday, those priorities, none of them are based on circumstance. None of them should be changed because of circumstance. Our circumstances do not determine Our priorities. Uh, Here we find, uh, look with me at uh, verse number two, I'm sorry, verse number five, uh, and cover not their iniquity and let not their sin be blotted out from before thee, for they have provoked thee to anger before the builders, so built we the wall. And all the wall was joined together unto the half thereof, for the people had a mind to work. What was it? Uh, They did not lose focus of what their, their reason was, their, their purpose was. Uh, and, you know, so built we the wall. The wall was joined together. The people had a mind to work. And this was a priority. It was a priority to Nehemiah. That, that priority of Nehemiah was handed off to the people. The people grabbed a hold of it, and it was fulfilled. Uh, what was the priority? The glory of God. That was was part of this entire event. God's name was at stake. 
His people were ravished. His people were uh, in ruins. And, and if God is, uh, and the world would look at uh, the people, and, and they would look at that condition, and they would wonder, well, how good of a God is it that you serve if, if this is how he protects you? So it was for the glory of God. They wanted to build these walls uh, just to give glory to God. His name, his people, uh, it was a priority, the glory of God. Family. It was a priority. There had to be a place of protection. Uh, And you know, when they were building the wall, every man built next to their own home. Why was that? Because home is a priority. God's glory is a priority. Secondly, home is a priority. Uh, You know, the family, that priority is there. Moms and dads, don't get sidetracked allowing all the things of the world to get your attention. Uh, Make sure we're keeping home a priority. The world is waxing worse and worse. Society has lost any sense of moral compass. I mean, we can't can't lose focus on what priority is. Mom and or the uh, uh, glory of God, family, our moms and dads. Uh, with that, uh, that, that priority of marriage and home and children, uh, it, it impacts future generations, offspring, grandchildren. Uh, what a blessing, the legacy that we are to live. Uh, we don't want to uh, lose sight of that. Uh, thirdly, a priority, uh, it was worship. With, without the walls, there would be no place of worship. All of these things came right into play with, with what uh, Nehemiah was doing. Uh, it was for the glory of God. He was fulfilling God's plan for his life. Uh, there was uh, the home, the protection that was there, uh, the, 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 uh, uh, the church, the worship uh, was there. First Corinthians chapter number 12, verse 18 to 20. But now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body as it hath pleased him. And they were all one member, uh, were, where were the body? And if we're all one member, where were the body? But now are they many members, yet but one body. You know, here when we look at this, what we find is that we are to be a part, part of the body, uh, that's church, uh, joining the church, being uh, an active part of the body, that's the attending, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. Uh, that, uh, that is the support of the church. Uh, Malachi 3.10, bring all the tithes into the storehouse. Uh, and we, we just see uh, there's priorities that are there. Uh, the offerings, 2 Corinthians 9, 5-7, through 7, uh, we find that uh, God says in verse 6, but I say he would soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man, according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver, uh, a place where we can come for service. First uh, Corinthians sixteen fifteen. I beseech you, brethren, ye know the house of Stephanus, that it is the first fruits of Achaia, and that they they have addicted themselves to the ministry. You know, when we look at priorities, we see, we see glorifying God. We see the home. We see the importance of the church, our worship. Uh, but if we are going to keep our priorities and make keep our priorities a priority, 
We've got to disregard the discouragers. We can't get detoured, and we can't devalue our purpose. God has left us here for such a time as this. So let's keep our priorities a priority. Your, your priorities and my priorities are always under attack. They're under attack. The devil doesn't mind if we do something good as long as it's not God's priority for our life. But those priorities that we've been looking at, those have to stay a priority. And no matter what else is going on in the world, let's not allow the devil to get us detoured, off track. You see, the wall was completed in the midst of all the trials, troubles, and, and terrors. They finished their course. You can be faithful. You can be faithful. I can be faithful. You can be faithful. You can stay faithful. You can fulfill God's plan for your life. Paul said, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I've kept the faith. It's possible. Others have done it. That gives us hope. We can do it as well. We aren't the only ones that have lived in tumultuous times. And I'm not saying it's going to be easy. But the Christians that are in the Middle East, the Christians that are in China, the Christians that are in Africa under Muslim control, there are a lot of people that are staying faithful to the Savior with a lot greater pressure, persecution, than we have even begun to think about. So we can, we can finish. We can stay faithful. Uh, you can stay faithful. You can fulfill God's plan. And you can finish your course with joy. And that's the goal. Let's finish our course. Let's, let's stay, stay after it. But we won't do it if we get sidetracked. We've got to keep our, our priorities a priority. Now, going back to the title, Revi Revived from Rubbish. And that's what, that was the resources that Nehemiah had to work with. Rubbish. And he took the rubbish and he did something great with it. God can use us, no matter what we have, to do something great for Him. It doesn't matter how far our life, how much disarray is there. God can put it together to accomplish something good. Let's let Him revive the rubbish. Let's look around. Let's start pulling things together. Let's try to move forward and accomplish something for the Savior. Father, I pray that you'd bless. Thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you for your word. And Lord, here now as we gather as your people, pray that the Spirit of God just would encourage us uh, just to be faithful to you. And, and Lord, we are serving in some uh, crazy days. And there are a lot of different pressures that we are facing and a lot of uncertainty. 
But Lord, we come before you trusting that you are uh, in control, trusting that you have a sovereign plan. And we might not be able to see what the next step is going to bring, uh, but Lord, we trust you. We love you. We yield ourselves to your will and help us, Lord, just to stay faithful. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our service. If you would like to hear more, visit our website at bbc4me.org. That's bbc, the number four, me.org. May God bless you.